Imagine with me, if you will, there you are laying in bed, just trying to fall asleep. You close your eyes, but your mind won't stop. It's racing. Doesn't matter how exhausted you are. You just can't fall asleep. Your brain is way too busy overthinking things. Maybe it's a current relationship issue, family issue, or a work problem you're dealing with. Or maybe you're worried about something you said to somebody earlier and you just wish you said it differently. Maybe you're worried about an upcoming meeting or an interview you've been waiting forever on and all you can think is you're going to mess it up somehow. Maybe you're worried about your kid and what they're going through. Maybe you had a fight with your partner earlier in the day and y'all haven't resolved it. You haven't figured it out and stopped to talk about it. So there you are, overthinking and not sleeping. Here's the thing. You're not the only one out there. Research suggests that 73% of 25 to 35-year-old chronically overthink. This is along with 52% of people aged 45 to 55 chronically overthink. That's some big numbers. In most of those cases for us, overthinking could show up as rumination, which often involves pervasive thinking about events of the past and even the present with this negative mindset. Whether you often overthink and it takes you to the past, where you're stuck way back there, or it sticks you way in the future, or even present. You've made goals that you wanted to accomplish this year, but you can't accomplish them if you don't mentally, emotionally, and physically get it together and turn down this overthinking. So in this episode, you're going to learn practical tips to help you stop overthinking and not let it ruin that progress that you've already started making towards your goals. These are proven. I've used them and then I use them with all of my clients. So I know you're going to take a lot away from this episode today. So get ready to stop that overthinking. Welcome to today's show of Fix Yourself First with Dr. Christie. I'm a clinical sexologist, certified sex therapist and coach who spent the last 16 plus years helping people just like you create better connections with themselves and with others. Whether we're working one-to-one in one of my group programs, one of the online courses, or at an event, I'm glad that you're here, especially this week, like extra special this week, because y'all know what happened four years ago this week? We kicked off this podcast. You're listening to the episode that marks four years of us being here together on Fix Yourself First. I can't believe it. It's wild that this started back in 2019 in January, that first week. You gave me a chance. You said, hey, I'll trust you by giving you my time of listening to this show and you just keep showing up. I couldn't do this without you. I know I say that a lot, but I really mean it because if you didn't let me know what you thought, if you didn't send me support, I wouldn't be able to keep doing this. There's times where I might want to quit or I get overwhelmed or I might not want to do something. And then I think about you, you're counting on me and I love it. It energizes me and it still catches me off guard when I hear someone say, oh, I love your podcast. I hear that all the time, but it still surprises me. I don't know if I just think like, wow, they they really like it or, you know, have to give myself credit, like whatever that might look like. That's my own work to do, but I just am grateful for, for you from the bottom of my heart. So thank you for letting me be here in your ear along this journey. And I know you've got somebody in your life that is doing this stuff, like that overthinking that we're talking about today, and is getting in the way of their goals, or maybe it's you. So if you've got that person in your life, and you know they could use this episode, when we're done here, I'd love it if you could just send it on over to them and say, hey, I got something for you. Check this out. I appreciate you doing it. Thank you so much. Now let's get on to it. 
So why do you overthink in the first place? And of course, since we're all different, there's a lot of different reasons, but I've gathered seven of the most common reasons that we get spirally in our thoughts and lead us to overthinking. First off, we learn how to do it in childhood. Depending on the kind of family you grew up in, you may have formed this habit of overthinking early as this kid. You probably had to deal with scary and even difficult and hard to handle situations. If your parent was an addict or an alcoholic, if they were emotionally abusive, if they were any other type of abusive, if you couldn't count on them, if they were emotionally neglectful, they were emotionally immature. If you had a habit of worrying obsessively about what would happen if your dad came home drunk or if mom wasn't going to talk to you because of one of her moods, your function of overthinking was a way of safety. Now, you didn't think it out in your head as a kid and say, I'm going to do this to stay safe. It's natural innately. But the problem is just because you developed a childhood and you took that into teen life, then you took that into your adult self, the initial thing that brought up that overthinking as a kid is a lot of times really different than what's maintaining you to overthink now. Because it is important to understand where it came from. If this applies to you, the goal is to stop doing it and change it because it's no longer serving you. At that time as a kid, maybe it was. It helped keep you safe, but not anymore. It's costing you too much emotionally, mentally, and physically. The second reason that we often overthink is we have this idea that it helps us be in control. More than any other emotion we deal with, we don't want to feel helpless, right? It's just not good. And when it comes to people around us that we love and care about and they're suffering, we want to help. So we want to help others because we have big hearts, especially y'all out there that's nurturers. So we think, I'm going to help. I'm going to figure out what to do. I'm going to worry about them. Now, again, we don't consciously say, oh, I'm going to worry, worry, worry. I love them so much. I'm just going to worry. That's going to help. It, it all happens unconsciously. And we think that we're helping them in some way, trying to problem solve and fix for them. It helps us maintain this idea that we're in control, not as in control issues, just more of an, I'm in control of not feeling helpless because I'm worrying about trying to figure out how to help them. And for a lot of people, that can be traced back to not want to experience this unconscious helplessness. So what do you do? You got to get more comfortable with not having control, especially when it comes to somebody else. Y'all know the premises of this podcast is we can't fix anybody but ourselves. We can support and be there, but we can't fix them. So if we're in that mindset that we can have any type of control, fix, wait around, romanticize and fantasizing about things to change, it ain't going to happen. The third reason that we often overthink is this illusion of certainty. We have this idea that things are certain and we want to feel confident in how things are going to happen in our lives, especially us planners, right? So we try to be very preventative. I'm all about being preventative versus reactionary, but the problem is it can spin up so much anxiety and we get so anxious because we're trying to get so much together and we think, well, um, I'm planning and fixing this. So that's why I'm overthinking. I mean, it's really going to help. But it can be a sense of denial, too. We're staying so much in this problem-solving mode of trying to plan and do. We're so spun up that we're not even able to fix what we're dealing with. We're trying to avoid uncertainty. And this is an area that we got to accept. We're not going to be certain of everything. We can't make every outcome the way we want, no matter how much we plan ahead. So it's getting more and more comfortable with uncertainty. The fourth reason that we overthink and the stuff that gets in the way of our progress is perfectionism. And when we say perfectionism, 
It's not like we're out there going, I want to be perfect. I'm going to be perfect. That's, that's not what we're trying to do. It's the feeling of perfect, right? It's saying, hey, I'm not reaching this feeling of perfect. So we're chasing a feeling that actually doesn't even exist. But we really struggle to accept less than perfect. So we just keep convincing ourselves that if we just do this, it'll be better. If we do this, it'll be better. And that spins up all these thought spirals to keep us spinning and just trying to reach this feeling that doesn't exist. So what do you do? I want you to start working on tolerating being imperfect and inadequate. That doesn't mean you don't keep pushing and reaching for your goals, but that's where realistic expectations come in. Number five is, Every behavior we do, we get something out of it. And what happens is we don't even realize a lot of time that we're getting this secondary gain from overthinking. And it's not really helpful, but we do it anyway. And it's unconscious. For some people, and this, look, I might be out there calling you out, but I can't hold this back from you. You're listening right now. You may not even realize you're doing it, but some people keep up the habit of overthinking because it leads to sympathy and pity from other people in their lives. Yeah, it sounds wild, right? Again, we don't say, oh, I want sympathy and pity, so I'm going to overthink someone and say, hey, you've got a lot on you. What's going on or what do you need? No, it's unconscious until now because we're working on awareness. And then also our overthinking can be an unconscious way to keep us from taking action and making decisions. It's a beautiful way to avoid. So these are, these are things that we get a secondary gain out of overthinking, that it's not real obvious, but we do it. So that's why we really have to work on sticking in our habits, changing how we understand things, and realize where it's coming from. Number six is overgeneralization. Because we look very overview of things, and we take it and say, all these things fall in one area, or all these things fall in one area. And we do the overthinking when it comes to a problem that we're trying to solve. We throw everything in it, and that makes it super easy to overthink. And we're usually really good at thinking. And so if we think, if I just work extra hard on it, then I'm going to figure it out. And no, that doesn't work well. And if you're an expert thinker, everything starts to look like a problem to be solved just by thinking. I see you out there. I get that. Been there, done that. Still do it sometimes. So if this starts happening, this is where our list comes in. We dump, we make a dump list of all the thoughts going on. We're going to talk in a couple moments more about strategies, but this is one that applies to that. Number seven, yep, fear of conflict. Most of us, and I say most because there's some people out there that are really into the drama and conflict. That is not me, probably not you. But what happens is we try to avoid it. We try to avoid it so much that we don't speak up, that we stuff and stack and build resentment. And then we get in our head and think, what am I going to do next? How do I do that? How do I do this? Because we're trying to prevent conflict. I don't want to text them back. I don't want to call them back. I don't want to do this. So our fear of conflict is keeping us in a spiral of overthinking that we, again, can't mentally, emotionally, physically, or spiritually afford. So I mentioned earlier the past, present, and future, because these are three areas we spend a lot of time thinking about. When we look at kind of the past, that stuff we've been through, that stuff that's behind us, we might have regret, right? Gosh, I wish I'd done this differently or I wish I had had done this more. And the resentment is that stuffing and stacking of that anger. It's something that you're resentful for of what they did or how they did it. 
For example, if you found yourself sad and upset that you didn't take a different path in life or really angry at how somebody treated you in the past or something you said or did, you may start overthinking about that and it's not going to allow you to move forward because you're stuck in the past. Next, let's jump all the way to the future. This is when we overthink about the future and that's what we look at as worry. You might be worried about something short term that's coming up, like some of those examples at the beginning of the show, or some long-term thing like, will I ever feel fulfilled? What if I never find a partner? What if my partner leaves me? What if they cheat on me? What if I don't ever find my life's purpose? We get really stuck in the future. And ain't nobody doing anything to progress if they're stuck in the past or the future. So what if you get stuck right now in the present? It is possible to overthink the present, your circumstances, your relationship, your personality, who you are. Your relationship with yourself shapes the thoughts that you have in your head and those connections you have with different people. If you tend to be positive, it will help you. If you tend to overthink and perceive every flaw you have as a mistaken problem, it's going to hurt you. This is why we have to be super realistic in the past, present, and in the future. So I touched on a couple of these things, but let's look more at strategy. The first thing, and these aren't like in order, but this is one of the most important ones. This all starts with awareness. Maybe you've thought about this before listening to this episode, but I hope afterwards you're even more aware, like, oh, dang, she's right. I got to do something about this. It sounds familiar. That's the most important place to start. We have to notice when we get stuck in our head and we get stuck in those spirals. Because when we realize like, oh, I'm overthinking or oh, I'm stuck in my head, that is where the change starts. One thing I do for myself, I was sharing this the other day with one of my coaching clients. I will, if I'm overthinking, spiraling, it can't focus. I'll say, what am I doing? Where am I at? Like, what's going on right now? And it's not that I'm disassociated out. It's just like right now, the moment I got so stuck in my head and spiraling that I couldn't get my task accomplished. So I had to say, where am I at? What's going on? Like, what do I need to do right now? And then look back at my list right in front of me that I had numbered about the priority of what to get done. So bringing myself back to the moment and getting that awareness is where I have to start. The second thing you can do is Challenge your thoughts, but you cannot do this if you don't write them down. You just can't. You got to look at each of these thoughts that you've got spiraling in there. This is where the dump list comes in. Like you've got to just dump out those thoughts and look at each one and say, which ones do I have control over? Which ones do I not have control over? And making sure that you're being real honest with yourself about the realistic nature of each of those. Then I want you to change those to be very rational. Because you know, if it keeps spiraling, it's not going to help. Next, change your surroundings. I find this very helpful. If I'm spiraling and starting to overthink, get out and go somewhere else. And go somewhere else, maybe another room. It might be walking outside in the yard. It might just be getting up and stretching. Go, but going to a different place of the four walls surrounding me or a different area helps me refocus because it can feel like everything's closing in on you if you don't. Next, call a friend. Ask them how they're doing. I'm sure they'll be happy to start telling you all about their life and what their problems are. That will take you out of the moment of worrying and thinking and get to somebody else's for a little bit and hopefully give you a little reprieve then you can reset. Next is have a dump list. This is the favorite of mine. This is all the stuff that bothers me or that I need to think about or I need to do. I keep a list on my phone of just dumping it out. Dumping it out gives it this place to sit. I've got lists for everything and a lot of them I don't have to look back at because it's just to serve a place to dump. Next is to be very realistic with what you're expecting of yourself. If you're setting your goals up and expectations and you make them so far out there and unreachable, you're going to get a case of the efforts, right? 
And then you're going to self-sabotage. Then you get mad. Then you're in a spiral again. Next is to get active. Go walk, turn on music, stretch, move your body. Because there's a lot of nervous energy that runs through overthinking within your body and the energy in your physical body. So going for a walk, doing something, getting active, changing that surrounding, doing something with your body versus staying stuck in that brain. Another one of my favorite things to do is to go outside and look at the clouds or like right now I'm looking out a window. I see clouds passing. So I use those clouds as the thought. There goes a thought about filling the blank of whatever it is. There goes the next one because they'll keep passing because I know there'll be another one that floats by. So if I hang so tight onto that one, it's like me trying to hold onto a cloud. It's slipping through my fingers. So just letting it go and knowing that it'll pass helps a lot. Next, write out your to-dos and all the steps you have to do because writing those out, again, gives it a place to sit. And then stop being a martyr. Ask for help and delegate. If you keep trying to do it all yourself, which is causing all this spinning, you're going to be in the same place. You can't reach your goals and make that progress that you so deserve. If you don't ask for help, let people help you ask for help, get some of the stuff off your plate, reprioritize when it needs to be done. You can't afford to do it the same anymore. And then last, get your mantra, whatever's going to fire you up, whatever's going to remind you, maybe it's this is your year. Maybe it's I'm going to do different. I'll tell you, my mantra for the year is of doing exactly what I want to do, not what anybody else wants me to do. (laughs) Yeah, there's a little attitude behind that because as a people pleaser and struggling to set boundaries in the past, I've gotten better, but I'm definitely not perfect, will never be. But doing what I want to do in fear of disappointing others is something I'm continuing to work on. So this is my year for that. So grab your mantra, make it up, or borrow one that you may be out there to help inspire you. Whatever it is, just have one. These things work, y'all, because overthinking will keep happening as long as you're allowing it to. And it might feel so impossible to take action, but I promise you, you're spending a lot more mental energy and emotional energy overthinking than taking just a couple of these steps. Now that you're armed with these tools to use the next time or in the next hour, you start spiraling. So you're ready to go. And if you like this episode, please send me a DM. Let me know what you thought about it. If it was helpful, head on over to the Ideal Connection Facebook group. Let me know how I can support you. I'm here for you every step of the way.